I'm Sir Flobojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Ampguard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand centrally about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. Do you want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're on a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to WACT, where we discuss topics important to the AmpGuard community at large and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. Except today when we just have Jay. Yeah, that we really couldn't (laughs) find anybody else. (laughs) So, Subway... uh, Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Subway is... By joining us, he means he just tagged along because he he was my ride today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him and Lauren were rideless, so... <laughs> I awesome. Wait, how did you end up rideless? Your your wife was at Amphgard today with you. Yeah, I wish she was very mad at me today. No, I'm kidding. Yes, she was. <laughs> the doghouse. She's <laughs> very mad at Lauren from what I heard. <laughs> she did kind of give her a character screen select wow. uh, uh, scar across her lips today. That was what pretty a funny. Mike Tyson on her. Yeah, yeah right. Dude, I saw Mike Tyson recently with his trainer. He's still fucking a monster. Oh, is oh, he really? I saw yeah. this on TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fucking devastating. Yeah. So anyway, about Amp Guard, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about tournaments and tournament structures and maybe some branch off uh, uh, conversations about that. Um, so. We had an event, uh, I don't know, it's probably four or five weeks ago now, um, where we had a Midnight Ironman, and we had like 60 people in line or something like that, and I had offhandedly made a comment about, I don't know, like, maybe we need a pit per 12 people just as napkin math, right? And so Subway was like, you know what, I, I think that that actually might be a good idea, and the more I thought about it trying to figure out what is the purpose of the Ironman portion of a world War sports thing. Right. So taking a deep dive down that logic, the, the purpose of the Ironman is to seed your top eight. Right. So what, what is a better way to seed your top eight? And I don't think that there's a better way than Ironman necessarily, but I think that that portion can be run in a different way. Um, so my first knee-jerk reaction was to put four pits down. Now, there's some some interesting things that come about for this, right? You seed your top eight more correctly for that day. And what I mean is you have more people participating who have, can streak. Um, and more opportunities. And more opportunities and a faster fight line, so you should have more action. So overall, everyone should be participating more often. Is there not some argument to be made that maybe you get all of your high-quality fighters in one pit, and so that, that pit becomes more competitive, and then another pit? So up? that's the thing, is there's multiple ways you can approach the pits, too, right? Okay. So you can have a, still a single line and feed them into the four pits, so or you can like- have four different pits, but if you do four different pits and four different lines, then you need to cascade those lines um, in some form or fashion. So something like you have pits one through four, when you lose in pit one, you go to line number two and you fall down the, the waterfall and then you go you to the lose. gulag and then you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Um, so again, like this is kind of the thing I, I started thinking about. So if we want to make our tournaments more competitive and like more, um, I guess true to skill level in the tournament, I think that that's something that we should kind of explore. Right. Okay. So there was 
there's a whole lot. I, I'm glad that we got a like, kind of a full layout of what's going on there. There's a lot to unpack there. So yeah. let's start with the very beginning. Subway, what is the purpose of the Ironman portion in the Warlord Sports style tournaments that we run, as you see it? To my understanding, it is designed to not necessarily weed out, but to showcase everyone's prowess in a sense of you'll be able to find your top fighters to the point where at the end of it, we will cut to top eight using a magic term of you'll have those eight is considered the, the cream of the crop of that Iron Man. So that instead of doing brackets where you and I could be up, or as you said, you and Justin got stuck first round in a bracketed tournament three or four times. So literally in Justin's case, he was knocked out before he could ever begin over and over and over, which is not a fair representation of his skill or really right. an experience. So right. you know how in the, the Dragon Ball Z uh, Cell Saga, um, where they have that fighting tournament, and there's like thousands of the world's greatest fighters, but they uh-huh. only show the fights involving Goku, or involving Trunks, or involving Piccolo, or involving Cell, and then a couple of fights involving Hercule. Like, what, what we're really doing with this is we're identifying our main characters for the next arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So... <laughs> Like, so, like joking terms. aside, yeah, pretty much. I wasn't, I was, right. I was being facetious, but I was serious. Right, yeah. Was. So having, but and I want to point out too to anyone listening that I believe that the original style for Warlord Sports calls for multiple rings, but it's one ring for every 20 people that you have, well, I so believe. Let's move to the next logical step. What's wrong with the current like one ring system or what is wrong with a one ring system? So for me, uh, the one ring system sets up usually one to three people who have much bigger streaks than the rest of the pack. Um, and you kind of squeak in the five, six, seven, eight or six, seven, eight people. And they're just kind of random people who got points And with the one ring, you have like this juicy underbelly type situation where like you skipped some of the highly skilled fighters and you got, a bunch of people who are maybe their one, two, threes. Yeah, like you've got... Order the Warriors, right? So you have a scenario where like Zeb and Gun just fought and like somebody just knocked Gun out with a lucky shot and then I'm next and I'm, I'm facing Jimmy Newbie who got a lucky shot and then behind me are 10 more newbies who's it's their first day. Right. And so, yeah, I have an underbelly mm-hmm. to sort of... Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. I can see that as a problem. The idea behind what we talked about with trying to get your main characters... Yeah appropriately in this scenario, Zeb and Gun are going at it, but then they Simo. So there goes those two main characters. You step in and so, then it's just chafe as far as the eye can see. Well, for other people. So I finally get to you. I kill you. Haha, It's my time. I turn to Jeff and then we Simo. And then that's kind of it. So to continue my metaphor, just like in the cell saga, because they only had one ring, it allowed for a, Her- a Hercule to enter into the final, the final eight. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to keep doing this as long as no, I No, it's great. I actually really like it. <laughs> Every, by the way, everyone listening to this on YouTube, anytime that you hear the one ring, please leave a comment with a timestamp and a Lord of the, your favorite Lord of the Rings quote. <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking. So there is a, a problem with a one ring system. I, so that I can get context on this, are we talking about a one ring system, period? So even if there's only 16 people... Or is there a, a cutoff where having one ring is appropriate and then uh, a line where having two is where you need to go? And that's what we were discussing is it's not necessarily wrong 
to do it that way because it all depends on the number of participants. As you said, if there's 16, might not be so bad. For our Friday Night Iron Man, 60 plus maybe. Was ridiculous. It was miserable yeah. because once you got in, you fu- I think we timed it. It was, I think, just over 10 minutes to get through the line to have an opportunity to fight. You would fight one time, and if you, the idea is lose, Simo, get shrugged out, it's going to be another 10 plus minutes for you to get an opportunity again, and there's literally nothing you can do other than just walk. Well, and there were only, the the time limit for that tournament was like, it was weird, it was like 47 minutes or something. They had a calculation they used to figure it out. Yeah, I think they used the the Warlord Sports of it was 20, and then every participant added a minute or something. Yeah, so when you have a line of 60 people and it takes 10 minutes to get through the line, everybody gets four chances to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what happened. Yeah. Yeah, and again, in the original Warlord Sports style tournaments, there were turn the light on when you get uh, multiple rings. Oh yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. There were multiple <laughs> uh, rings running, and I, it's again, someone in the comments, please correct me here if I'm wrong, but I think it was every twenty people you added another ring. Mm-hmm. So if you had twenty, you had one. Once you broke to twenty-one, I think that you went to two, and twenty-one to forty was two. And then it moved up from there. Right. And that's what Jeff and I were talking about is there's not necessarily like it, this was not run specifically as a warlord sports style. It was modeled after it to some degree in yeah. certain facets. But that's what we wanted to talk about is the different ways to run tournaments and also when you do it, why you're doing it. So that way you don't fall into the same pitfall of, well, we had an Iron Man, we had a pit and we had people with the appropriate time. What could go wrong? Okay. Here's what went wrong. Here are things you can do to change and shift to make sure that doesn't happen. And, and this isn't really meant to be a, here is your perfect answer. This, this today is like a true discussion on, you know, what are we doing and why are we doing it kind of idea. And if we have faulty logic in our, our process to try and weed that out, right? Um, this I, is how we've done it. So that's why we do it is hazardous because tradition for tradition's sake is pretty bad. Yeah. Overall. Right. Fair. Agreed. So I am a Reeve who is either setting up a tournament or helping someone set up a tournament. I have a number of fighters there. What is the first thing that I should do to determine like, we're, we're still getting set up. Well, hold what, on. Ain't this the tricky part, though? Because until people show up and start signing up, how do you know how many people to plan for? Sure. Let's say in this metaphor that they're all standing in the field in front of me. Okay, sure. And, and I'm getting the field set up, and these are soft boundary fields. Where do I, uh, where do I say, okay, I need a second ring? And, uh, so you've got two reeves in a vacuum. Yeah. How many, how many reeves do I need to... to it, I'm new to running tournaments. So, so we were discussing earlier today about using a 40-player yeah. model to base some of our ideas to bounce off of. Yeah. In our hypothetical situation, yeah. this is what we'll work with. Sure. So like you said, really, first step, and this is where I hammer home, Reeves are the most important part about your tournament. Can I have too many? No. Okay. Well, in theory, if you have 50 for like a four-person tournament, it's excessive, <laughs> but you're not going to have issues. But you're getting every angle on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't see it. I was behind the board. Bullshit. Yeah. So I'm planning. 
Mm-hmm. The let's I, for for sake of this conversation, we're going to say that I am the the Reeve that's going to be inexperienced and going to be setting all of this up, right? And so I'm coming to you guys and asking questions. Okay, I've never done this before. I have seen that I'm doing it at a barony, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that some of the other parks that are around there will come out. What do I need to do first? What are my first steps? So this has been planned. I'm online talking to my friends and stuff. What are my first steps to take to move this along? So you have done this at a barony level, but not at a kingdom level? Is that no, correct? our tournament, uh, our, my tournament's going to be held at a barony level. Okay, this is the first time you're running it at a barony level. Yep. Okay. And so I, I, what, do, what do I need to do first? So first, what you need to do is establish what kind of tournament you're running, how many participants are going to be in, do you think? I believe that there's going to be enough that after talking to all of you, I can't run a simple best two out of three. And so I'm going to have to run something like a Warlord Sports style tournament. Okay. Is it going to be your full weapon master of all the brackets or is it just going to be an open? So good question. Me and the two other people that have currently agreed to Reeve with me have decided that we're going to run all five categories that would normally be run in a weapon master. Okay. So do you feel that you will need more than one ring? Like how many participants? I don't know. I would like to be able to have more than one ring, even if it's just for the top eights. So here's the thing is that you should plan on the ability to have, at a barony level, probably two pits. Um, Surprise, visitors, more people than you thought showed up. Right. Um, and, and again, uh that may vary because if you end up with 16, that's a perfect bracketing system. So you probably right. should just bracket because it'll be faster that way probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but um, this is where you get into problems also, right? Like if you're less than 16, then now you have buy-in brackets and stuff. And you honestly need to, if it's not laid out in your Kapora, go see like an MBA um, style listing for how bracketing and things like work, that work to make sure that you understand how either a double elimination, if you're going to run it that way, which I suggest doing, um, it'll be a little longer, but it will give you a better read competitively than a single elimination. Um, so just to back up for one moment. Yeah. First, I, first, I determined where I was going to have my tournament. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was a barony. Second, I said, okay, now that I know that I'm going to be at a barony, let's uh, go ahead and get some Reeves. And I talked to two of my friends and two of my friends said, I'll help you Reeves. So right now I have three we- mm-hmm. three Reeves, hopefully to get more, but that's what I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping for more people to show up to this Barony level tournament because there's other parks around. So I need to decide on a tournament format. The What I'm going to do, is, if, if I've understood you correctly, is I'm going to bring a normal 16-person bracket ho- just in case we don't get many people. And I would post ahead of time that if we only get 16 people, we will be running a double elimination bracket. But if we get greater than 16, we'll be doing like a warlord style Iron Man seating or something. So communication. Like that. Let people know if we get this much, we'll do this. If it's more than that, we'll do that. I'm communicating with my other Reeves and everyone who is potentially looking. This at is even before getting to field. This is a post, however many days, weeks, whatever it is mm-hmm. in advance on Facebook or Discord or whatever your your park and kingdom use to communicate these events. 
uh, four. So this is even before you've set foot on field that day. I have talked to my two friends, and they said that they'll read, and we are coming. We're writing all of this stuff down for our initial post to say we're going to have this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So post has gone up. Has the rules for the tournament. My rules are, in this case, sixteen and under, single bracket over that Warlord Sports style. Sure. Uh, I want to have two rings. I know that. Need to probably get another Reeve. What is the minimum number of Reeves that you would be comfortable with per ring? I personally like two Reeves per ring, and they're mobile. I do not like when Reeves just stand. I think that they miss the angles that they should be watching. Um, is there ever a real quick? Is there ever a, a merit to having your Reeves just stand? Like, I don't personally think so because I'm looking for specific things. Whenever I'm reaving, I'm looking for um, troubled shot location calls, which like over the board um, can be a troublesome call. Um, And then I'm looking for timing things. So I'm having to, what I need to do is track the hands. Yeah. Um, And I do a lot of actually auditory um, reaving, I guess, uh, because I'm listening for slaps versus, um, blunted contact. You have to realize, like, are they wearing gloves or are they barehanded or something like that, yeah. too, mm-hmm. for the audible stuff because they're different. Um, but this is a lot of, like, nuance that isn't going to be very useful, I feel, in some ways. Yeah. I, the, the, the re- well, the reason I was getting to it at all was because I know, uh, you know, in, in several tournaments they, they'll announce, like, oh, we're doing active reaving. And which always implies that there is a passive reaving where a reeve just stands there, and I don't know what like, I was. I was. Tr- I, I have in my head before tried to think of any possible benefit to having a reeve that is just completely passive. So and does not move in our area, and I think Neverwinter as well. Active reaving versus passive reaving is this. So passive reaving is the reeves are there taking notes basically, and if a player asks for the reeves to intervene then you intervene with your knowledge that you taken from that fight. Okay. Active reaving would be making the calls before being asked. Okay. But you should still be doing the same thing in either perspective, in okay. my opinion. Jay, is you any differing on that? or No. So, disclaimer, it's not like I'm the end-all, be-all. And I yeah, know, none of us are. Yeah. Jordan, and why are we not. here? Yeah, absolutely not. There is no... I have not thought of a reason to ever stationary reeve. The arguments that I've heard for it is if you get enough people and you just kind of stand around the ring, that's good enough. But as Jeff said, you're going to miss certain angles. The closest argument I've come to is if your reeves are mobile to the wrong degree, they can actively miss angles and shots because they're too mobile. But I think that is a fixable answer, not a negative to... Yeah, you can get better at reaving. Yes. The other option is to convince however many amped guarders you need to pay attention to one thing at the same time, which is never going to happen. Right. So, so to, to expand on flows, the number of people you need, right? Yeah. I prefer two reaves per ring, uh, and they're mobile. Uh, you need, uh, if it's a Warlord Sports style, you need a counter per ring. So they're taking the streaks down for the wins and uh, breaks on the streaks and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then you need a timer, and that timer guy usually is kind of the line reeve mm-hmm. who directs them. So you're paying attention to who, uh, which ring kind of dies first to funnel the, the line into. Okay, so in this scenario where I have two rings, I need, I, ideally I want four reeves, two people to count streaks in those rings, one person that is working the line with a stopwatch saying, you go there, you go there, 
And really, this is to keep it funneling, but also to prevent people from, you know, if Zeb kills me in this ring over here, the person in line isn't going, no, I'm just going to wait for this ring because I don't want to fight Zeb. Yeah, Correct. that that is that too. It keeps things moving. Uh, granted, again, at this this idea of it being a barony level, the volunteers may not be enough to cover every position. This is definitely the most favorable possible position filled that you can get. Um, but you can probably make do with one reef per ring and one uh, counter per ring. And then um, maybe you don't have the line reeve and you have the players kind of go, but you run into some possible and dodge this issues. is where, depending on your resources, you may have to structure your tournament according to those resources. Even if the players are wanting something different or you yourself would like to run a different style of tournament, you may have to go with what you actually have and not overextend yourself or cut yourself off ahead of time. Yeah, so the... The big takeaways here, uh, just to, again, recap everything here, is plan well, post everything in your first post, all the rules, the formats, when the tournament may change, if there's going to be a change. Mm-hmm. There, it could be that this is a kingdom-level tournament. There's not going to be any kind of change, right? Who knows? But post that up in your first thing. Be ready to answer any questions. Try and get one counter... One person per ring, uh, I'm sorry, one timer, one person per ring to count streaks, and two reeves per ring. This is ideal. You can work with less, and you may have to work with less, but this would be the, the ideal uh, scenario. So what are some other tournament formats that I could look at? We've talked about the Warlord sports style because here in Winter's Edge, that's what's often used. And it may have other names in other places, too. We call it the Warlord sports style tournament. Yeah, I know Warlord is kind of on the, the outs because of the... Well, yeah. also, like, making sure you understand, like, what is being done and why it's being done with this mechanic of the Warlord sports style, right? This mechanic is there to find your top eight. Um, and so if you have one line with 60 people... And again, I'm not ragging on the one line with 60 people from our uh, thing because it was literally just an Ironman tournament, no cut in this specific instance. But this is something that I think can easily be fallen into by mistake um, if you've got new people running tournaments and don't know. Um, So this is kind of a a resource episode on trying to to suss out how you want to to run tournaments. And they're they're not in any kind of definable um, standard right now. Um, so you can pull some ideas from different things depending upon your core, I suppose. But, um, y- you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat kind of yeah. deal, right? Sure. So let's say that I don't want to hold Overlord sports-style tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh, we mentioned doing a standard bracket. This would just be like you would see in any college basketball game. There's eight slots. Each slot has two teams, 16 uh, total and you funnel down until you get one you could do a th- uh, a 16 slot bracket of that as well so up to 32 mm-hmm. and funnel down um, and you mentioned a, a a a winners and a losers bracket talk to me a little bit about that base structure and when it might be appropriate to use something like that over a warlord sports shelter right so i guess for the sake of this argument i'll play the expert to make lucas happy <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, real quick, as the as the obvious audience plan, because I'm not big on 
running tournaments or anything else. Mm-hmm. Heretofore, all we have discussed is a Warlord Sports style tournament, right? Right. So the from from what I've gathered, a Warlord Sports style tournament is specifically for when you have a shitload of people that you need to get it get through. Yeah. A tournament. So timing, like time invested into the tournament. Um, be that for a barony level tournament or a kingdom level tournament and things like that is yeah. something that's a really big deal at least in winter's edge because not everybody wants to have the tournament and be all friggin day right. right it depends on what you're looking for okay. and that's really the first question with your tournament where the obvious wolves fight and win and whatever but you have to know your audience know you have your more than tournament fighters, fighters at that specific event so then like you've got you to saying, deal with that as well yeah right it's, i'm just i'm just asking because we have we have currently litigated this one style for about 20 minutes and i'm trying to boil it down to what is this good for and what when would you use this warlord style tournament gotcha so, so uh ideally the warlord sports uh tournament style kind of gets you through a large number of people in a shorter amount of time okay what is a large number of people are we talking 15 20 25 well, what is a large pizza <laughs> uh, it's about uh, 11 bucks over at Lidio's. Because <laughs> to me, 12 inches is not a large pizza. <laughs> so with that, I would say 40. We'll play around with that number. Uh, like well, you said, we can run a 32. Depending on your resources, right? So if you have... Correct. Okay. And that's where you have all of these other aspects. It's a resource management style game that if you run a Warlord Sports tournament and you have you as a Reeve, and a counter, and that's all you have, everyone's having a bad time. Yeah. So you need to know. So if you are limited on resources and have that many players, that's what Jeff and I were talking about, the different aspects of why you're running it on. And that was the issue with this past event is that people were asking, why isn't this a big tournament? Well, because that was not an event for our tournaments. Yeah, it was a by tournament the idea, just to have to make us happy, like yay, we're out of the house, we get to play. Yeah, it was only simple Ironmans. It was kindergarten for stick jocks. Yeah, <laughs> kind and of. people were upset. It wasn't the big deal, like the Weapon Master. Yeah, but that yeah. wasn't our event to have the Weapon Master. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So what you're looking at there, why you're doing it? So a bracketed tournament tends to be if you're on a small scale. It just makes the most sense. It gets through, lets everybody fight and go through. If you're on a large scale with brackets, it can take longer to run. It allows more people to fight in that bracketed format. If you prefer brackets instead of just the Iron Man, where I fight Lucas, we Simo, oh, what fun. But in a bracket, even if I win, he still has another chance possibly another chance there's fighting to be had so if that's what your culture wants that's one of your options if you're on a larger scale other kingdoms have seeded their bracketed tournaments based on orders of the warrior the idea behind that in the past where we have not done that in neverwinter in winter's edge it's a crapshoot you will <laughs> literally have like i can verify that we have traveled all the way down to Florida and we ourselves knocked each other out of the brackets to not get any points so that Florida won. Had we not done that, some of our people, namely Zeb, who was like one point shy, would have won had we not kicked him out of an earlier bracket as a throwaway. That's fair. Crabs in a bucket, kind of. Yeah, where seeding it, in theory, allows your upper echelon. So I'm at my eight, you're at your two, we get paired up. 
I take your lunch money. Yeah. And the finals will be really cool against Flo. Yeah. But that also has pitfalls in the sense that if you are cross gaming, you may upset the balance, which yeah. makes for a really cool underdog story. Or people that just like Jeff is just amazing, but has a lower number. So he would definitely wreck some of the higher ends. It's not a perfect system. Right. But it really depends on what the culture that you're looking for to cater to. So, again, this is kind of identifying the mechanics of your tournament and why you are doing yeah, it. Yeah, the right? different flavors because so, you can pick and choose. There's again, no right tournament. Typically, the why is to produce the most competitive tournament at the top end as possible. Typically, the top eight. Okay, right? so this is a good nugget to have. So your, your goal is always to produce the most competitive tournament. So because of the way we've move to a very tournament centric um orders of the warrior sure i feel like the idea to produce the most um uh the best uh, what is quality. it the the vague the quality of the the tournament or quality of the fighters in the tournament yeah then you're wanting to have um the best fighters in those top eight positions to be able to showcase to show even now with just the basic iron man you are having the issue of a single ring, you will have a few people that are really good that make breakaways. Right. And then they'll Simo, and then you'll just have random Joe pop in, kill some newbies, get high up. Your other good fighters end up fighting, Simoing, their numbers don't go up. And then when they cut to top eight, it's still a hodgepodge. Like it yeah. is not true if you are attempting to literally get the best eight people from that tournament on that day. You could still get random Joe. So in to, the top eight. to jump on top of this one, because this is part of the problem of a single pit is that you create these pockets mm -hmm. uh, of of skill yeah. and you can create a dense pocket of heavy skill yeah. and you can get kind of messed up in a single line in this dense pocket. Um, or you get this other pocket where it's a bunch of low skill and you mm -hmm. have a higher chance to go through it than you do on the dense pocket. Chaos is a ladder, right? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I want to I want to really quickly talk about what uh, Jeff means when he says a, a pocket of skill. Picture a line of 25 people. And the four of us are in this hypothetical, we are the best people that are in this tournament, right? Best people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because you almost oh. tipped that dry erase board down on your head and I would have kept rolling that camera. Yeah, that's um, fine. But let's say in this hypothetical that the four of us are expected to be first through fourth in most of the brackets, right? Well, me and Jeff go up against one another, and I beat Jeff. And then uh, what has happened is Jay, in an earlier fight, had fought his way up to where him and Jeff simoed. So now they're beside each other. The next person in is going to be Jay, not related to anything I did, just because they simoed earlier. Yeah. Jay beats me. Jay goes through five or so people and then gets to Lucas. Whoever wins that, is going to have the entire line to run again in this hypothetical yeah. where mm -hmm. it's very clear that we're going to be first through fourth until it gets back to Jeff, who was the first person that died in this line. Yep. Yeah. Unbeknownst to everyone, that is the most important fight of the tournament bracket there or the tournament run man. is you versus me, even though it's not a judge of our skill. It's literally who gets the best opportunity. Right. Right. And so this is a situation where, for anyone who's been in tournament fighting for a really long time, 
there are times where I, I specifically remember a tournament that we were having at Radiant Valley that Jeff was reaving where you and I were going up against one another and I happened to win the fight and you said, hey, congratulations on the 17 streak because the next se- this isn't a shot against the next 17 people that were in line. None of them had played Amp Guard for more than two and a half months or so. Yeah. Yep. So um, when we say pockets of skill, when, when Jeff was referring to how pockets can form in the line, it's because some, some of your better fighters can simo and start creating this big pileup that then leaves a lot of uh, uh, more uh, less experienced fighters in in a big long streak. Let me play the other side of the coin here for a second because sure. so far we've been having this discussion uh, in, in a manner where it's like, well, sometimes it allows a newbie to enter the top eight, and that might not be totally fair, and that's true. But it also means that you can't stack the deck for your guy because yeah. let's say Jay and I are in the same uh, the same fighting company or, or whatever, and Jay is already ahead of me in Warriors. He can't win anything off this tournament, so he goes, "Hey, Cabbage." And I take him. Then I've got the next 16 people in line, right? That's a free 16 streak for me, mm-hmm. which isn't fair to those new players either. And it means I'm getting an award that I'm not necessarily owed because it's it's there's no quality control there, right? I'm not fighting because because Jay is already taking care of you, who I can't beat, and Teflon, who I can't beat. And then Jay sees the line behind me and says he can beat all 16 of them. Yeah, and I want to point out something too. When we're talking about these pockets and stuff like that, if you're someone that's newer that's made it into a top eight, this isn't a shot against you. Good on you. But we are you, saying you just got lucky and you suck. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll put on the elitist cap this no, way we have God. a villain. Because uh, this is a is really a boring podcast, and I apologize to anyone listening. Well, but, take the floor. Run with it, man. Well, no. Like, well, I'll play the villain for that. Absolutely. Because I have done that. And we do have people that do that. That throwing fights yeah. to literally like, all right, Flo's doing really well. Well, I can oppose Flo. Yeah. But if I let him win, he does even better. And then as I, in, depending on how it's set up, I drop to the lower bracket or the loser's bracket. I'll clean up the loser's bracket. So then when we get to the finals and it's Flo and me again, oh, Flo got me. What a good friend he is. Good job, buddy. Yeah. So you're right. That's, we can say tactics or it's really just a horrible way of doing things. There's, there's a quality control involved, and it keeps people from stacking the deck, and it ensures that the people who go to that top eight are more likely to be the most quality fighters that day. And really, that's what we're trying to figure out and talk about is sure. what's a good way to do that because – and there's not a perfect way to do right. it. Right. So my thing is the four lines um, kind of idea. And again, I'm using just a 40-person uh, thing – uh, for it as an example, because it kind of cleans things up a little bit. Um, so with having the four lines, when you're talking about streaks, you're going to have to take into account were these quality streaks if you're looking at higher end order of the Warriors, though. Right. Because it's possible that the top four people just stay in those lines. Yeah. So they don't see each other or they won't see each other as much. So this right. is not a perfect system either. Um, but I think it gets the most fighting involved and the, likely the top four fighters, um, no, probably top eight, because not everyone's going to stay there the whole time. Even right. a warlord's going to get tired or make a mistake yeah. or something like that. And the like people that. that knock them out are probably going to be the next people to take over that. And Correct. But your data gets more accurate the more frequently you sample. And yes. This allows you to sample more frequently. Bingo. That's, yeah. that's the idea. 100% the idea. Um, and then on top of that, I don't remember if we got to it, but cascading the... Um, 
the the pits so you don't have someone because you can run those four pits in in two different ways that i can think of off the top of my head and you can cascade them so like in the 40 person example when you start the tournament you'll have two people in each of the four rings and then eight people behind to ready to fall in and then when a when a lose happens that person who loses goes to another line so this feeds a rotating sample so it's really hard to go ah shucks zeb won that line which is a warlord and then oh look uh Fifth order of the war, uh, person one over here. I'm gonna kind of just sneak on oh, over yeah. this so guy. So again, I'll I'll be the villain. Yeah, absolutely. I look over. There's Flo. Flo can beat me. Lucas, I got that. Like, yeah. All right, you're going in the flow. I've got to tie my shoe. Hold on. Can you here? Hop yeah. on in. Go yeah. on in. Like oh, perfect. I've seen that in tournaments too. <laughs> Jake, I've wearing seen Velcro shoes. So, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I like I don't disagree with you because that happens. Uh, but we should not be rewarding that kind of behavior. Absolutely. Like we should just be like, all right, buddy, you just kicked yourself to the back of the line. Go, you know. All right. So sorry to take the widest view of this. So yeah. one of the things that I would like to see, because I love tournaments. Every reeve is allowed to punch one guy. <gasps> yes. Okay. No. Right. Problem solved. <laughs> Amp guards. I didn't. I didn't hear Thanks that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. No headphones, no. Flo. I. What you saying? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so. What I would like to see, and again, I, I apologize, I use Magic the Gathering terminology. So a lot of times with their tournaments, audience will hate that, <laughs> nerds, that you'll have tournaments every week. They're organized, yeah. it's funded, it's just what happens. But one of the things, you'll have the player and the deck that they use. So the archetype. So we'll pretend it's equipment or whatever. As they go through the round robin, they'll cut to top eight the players generally understand that they're not the best of the best for winning a tournament because they know they've got another tournament to go to and to another tournament. They play because they enjoy the tournament, right? You could go undefeated in the entire Swiss. So you've never took a loss seated top eight. You'll be number one against number eight. If you have a bad matchup, number eight can knock you out completely. Yeah. Number eight can then lose in the very next round. But you still, you made the bottom. Yeah. But all day you were number one. But they tend to understand that's no big deal. I'm just going to do it again next week. Yeah. Our problem, we don't get to just have tournament every week back to back. But the idea is the people that are cheating or edging out their tactics to yeah. get places is because they understand that this is my opportunity. How many times did we drive to Florida? 10 hours to roll out to fight to what a great event and 10 hours back. Yeah. We valued our time in tournament very high. So here, ideally what we would do is create a system that runs well, doesn't waste people's time, doesn't waste travelers time. And if what we're trying to do is showcase more of a true top eight fighting caliber, yeah, because there's nothing wrong with like Mr. Joe newbie, Making into the top eight through luck, luck's a tactic. Yeah, you, but you got to get in there. You got to do it. But to bring it back to the magic example, if I got into the top eight with my starter deck I bought at the CM Games on my way in, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily a, a good show of like what I'm capable of or what the game can might be, be a better of. show in this example. But oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck, I don't play magic. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's in be the glass cannon. Like literally, I have a combo deck that's just trying to win. That if I I play legacy, so it's like all the older cards essentially. So if you can imagine a combo like solitaire, I don't care what you're doing. I'm just putting my cards together to win. I brick against blue counter magic. So they just say, I do a thing. They say no. And it's over. 
if I don't play against those blue decks and you're trying to play some creatures and I'm like, look at this thing I do. I win. I win. I win. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's not the skill. It's literally the luck of the deck and what it's designed to do is the glass cannon. But then I hit the top eight and the first like, oh, counter done. Okay. But they know generally that it's not like this is my run. This is like my, I'm going to get knighted for this tournament. It's going to be, we're having fun. This is what I'm bringing to the table. This would be similar to an open bracket of I'm running down spear and it's boards as far as the eye can see. Lefty boards. Yeah. I'm like, ha ha, ha ha. The whole way. Turns out I brought the best equipment for that day. That doesn't magically make me the best fighter ever. You went the other direction with the example. So lefty boards was not the right answer on that one. Well, no, it's stuff like (laughs) that, but. I don't know. I'd argue if you bring the best equipment every time, right? Like that's part of your strategy, but yeah, but that's where uh, again, sorry nerds. It's with magic. You play in legacy specifically blue because that has the highest. You have more options. You can say no to the other players in amp guard. We'll just generically say that's sword board. Yeah. That you can absorb more random goobery oh, shots. No. Are we saying that sword and board is the blue, blue deck of, of amp guard. Here's fighting? my villain hat. Yes. If you're playing oh, board, beans. the black hole that sucks up talent, you are the blue player in magic. Uh, Reevaluate yourself. Man, my knowledge of magic, the gathering is such that I'm barely hanging on to this conversation <laughs> for dear life. The last time I picked up a deck of cards, I was playing Euchre. Okay. Well, I'm trying. It's <laughs> no, no, DBZ references. I'm like, uh, I can kind of put them together, but no, like I said, I'm hanging on. Yeah. But the idea is, like we were saying, it's trying to get a more accurate view because really we're all prideful asses that like, I'm the best and I beat you, haha. And like, well, no, you're not. Well, who won the last tournament? I did. But really a better attitude is that was a good run you had. That's really good. I'm hoping to do better myself this next time. Yeah. And that alone having tournaments that are played more accurately, Mm -hmm. I guess to better filter out and get a better read on who actually is capable of shit. Yeah. That's what ideally we would try to make. So then when you actually put on your big boy pants, like I'm the best, you can actually showcase. Well, yeah, I actually want to get this one, this one, this one in this style. And I think that's what like warlord was originally designed to do. Sir gun, I think put it best uh, a number of years ago. Tournaments don't decide who is the best overall. They decide who is the best on that day in those styles. Yes. yes. And that's an important thing to... A distinction. Yeah, it's an important thing to uh, to remember. So now that we kind of had the discussion over getting to the top eight, mm-hmm. yeah, there's actually some different formats that are some, has some nuances once you're in the top eight. And it's not something that I realized until our uh, when we went to Buck Res... And we did our, our fights for the top there. Yeah. Because Ruben ran it as first two, three, not best of three. Mm-hmm. He did, didn't he? Which yeah. means that you could have a total of five fights instead of only ever having three. Yep. Not including silos, but yeah. 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 And I apologize because I do not remember. So with the uh, Come Try LARP tournament that happened, mm-hmm. the winner of the open bracket, I believe. Uh, listening to Stab Chats, Anatole's podcast that had him on there. He talked about it. Everybody should go listen to uh, Stab Chats. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yep, good stuff. That he talked about prepping and planning for that, and when he found the first to three, he loved it because he felt that it gave way more opportunity to 
flex, to style, to really showcase what you have, because in the be in best two out of three, you can jump and get somebody like just green missile and stab. Ha ha. Now that you're in their head, you can just throw like a double leg and like, well, that was garbage. Good fight. I have no idea what you actually can do. I haven't rated you as a fighter at all, but I know these crazy combo moves were done. Yeah. And what, what's always referring to is that in best two out of threes, if you win the first match, you have a somewhat of an advantage, even if it's just a psychological advantage. Man, I would love to see the statistics of winning a, a um, bout or whatever you want to call it by winning the first match. How many comebacks we get? Like Listen that would be a really cool. Because they actually talked oh, did about they? that. Yep, to some degree, they talked about where he the the winner, and I apologize for not remembering his name. That's what he talked about. Was like, yeah, you know, when you get that first, it's huge. Yeah, because even if you fall asleep in the second round, the other guy is still sweating bullets because he could lose at any moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where first to three, how they ran it, he loved it because not only could you feel out your opponent. He talked about where that's what he would do is he would throw moves throughout the tournament to get people into the mindset. This is how he fights. And then first to three, he would change it up and it completely threw them off. And he had enough time to figure out how they fought adjust to it and then move forward. So it was a better showcase of actual fighter skill than just, yeah, okay. I stabbed you. I double-aged you. What a good fight that was. Yeah, okay. Why do you keep talking about my fights? <laughs> <laughs> it's my signature dish. Yeah, yeah right? Because I'm on this side of the table and you can't get me. He's got a long reach, bud. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, my... No. <laughs> I need that. But yeah, so, like, I agree with Jay. I think the, the first two, three gives you a better read on those two on that day um, than the uh, best of three. So I think that that's something that if I'm running a tournament or have any say in it, I'm going to try to push for at least for a little while to see how that, you know, shakes out down the line. Yeah. Ideally from a fighter's perspective and someone who likes tournaments, I would like to see that of a better showcase of talent, a better opportunity to actually have a more accurate read on the top eight fighters. If that's what we cut to. Right. And that spectators, Having a good show because before they're like, yeah, whatever. And they move on where at this last event, we actually had a, a deck on the hill that you could look down. Oh, I loved being Statler and Waldorf from the balcony. It was so yes, fun. It like we missed that aspect because we haven't really had that culture before. But getting to heckle, hassle and all of that. Brilliant. If you can engage in the audience. And that's what you had talked about before, where in other sports, you're applauding the players for at least in winner's edge from what we've seen. No one's clapping. No one's cheering. No you get one... a good shot or something like that every now yeah, and then. Yeah, but like no one really cares other than the fighters because it's very individualist. Like you care about yourself and you're focused on you and got to get the yeah. next guy. But you're not really watching like Lucas spins and gets the hip like, yeah, everybody cheers. But at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> but it's that if you give them a good show. Yeah. And you give them that accuracy of like when you see the top eight, you believe that they should be there and you're going to get that good show. You don't feel like anyone snuck in by accident. basically. Yeah. 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 So 
a couple of other things that I want to talk about here. And by the way, there's more tournament formats we've uh, than what we've mentioned here. We talked pretty heavily about the Warlord Sports style because we use it here in our kingdom. We talked about what I'll just call a regular bracketing system. The same thing that you see in basketball, football, everything else. There's the Hog Cup as well. Where, yeah, the uh, Imhog uh, mm-hmm. Cup thing. Yeah, where you have small pits of people, and then whoever wins that pit moves on to another uh, bracket, and you, you do it that way. Usually, if you're going to have like a top eight, then each pit would have two people that move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can look up, that, and there's there's tournament formats outside of that as well that I've seen. Um, you can look a lot of these up if you're looking for more information. Before you run any format, though, be sure to do some research on the pros and cons of that type of format um, and decide if it's going to fit well with what you're wanting to do. I wanted to touch on something else that's going to be really important in, in uh, tournaments, and that is your Reeves. You, in, in the example that I gave, I had two friends that came with me to Reeve, and mm-hmm. let's say we found another one, so we were at four. But what do I need to look for when I am getting Reeves for my tournaments? What are qualities that a Reeve needs to have? This is where I think that culturally we fail as AmpGuard at because we, we offhandedly say that the better the fighter, the better the Reeve they'll make for a tournament format. And they're not wrong because what the thing is is you when you're a fighter and you're trying to be in the, and you're on the higher end of things, your understanding of when things are late, how things land and stuff like that is far higher than Joe Blow who just sometimes – decides to be like, hey, I'll I'll be a volunteer and help you Reeve, right? But we fail by not training these people who are volunteers who may not be able to physically fight as well. That doesn't mean they can't understand what's going on, right? So we, we fail on the aspect of teaching this knowledge to people who are not fighters. Um, now, that being said, those people who, who do this who are not fighters who want to reeve, they kind of have to want to learn this as well for this to work. Yeah, you almost have to practice reaving. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, I've been on that side of the coin where, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bad fighter. I'm, I'm never going to be a warlord, I think. But, like, I have, when we did the, the what was it, Qualls? Yeah, it was a Qualls. And, like, it's it's me and Flo reaving. And, like, Flo had a bad angle because he was on the other side of a board. And, like, it was you and, and Zeb in the final whatever. And it was, like... It was like, uh, to make another Dragon Balls here, like Gohan versus Trunks in that <laughs> tournament. Like, it was just like blurs and smacks and grunts. It might have been Japanese porn. And like, <laughs> and, and then like you, you both turned to me and you went, who won? And I'm like, bro, I don't know. I'm still catching up with what all you guys just did. And that was crazy. That looked real cool. Do it again? Maybe. <laughs> but I, mean, I won. <laughs> but this is one of the things, too, is like being able to to say as a Reeve that I'm I'm not sure what happened. Not feeling... There's, there's a few things that I think really stand out to me for reaving that you need to be able to do if you're going to reave. Like, there, there's other qualities that we can talk about, helping them get their shot clocks up. In the, the example that Lucas gave, where Lucas fights with, uh, with us all of the time. He fights at speed all of the time. And there's still times where things just happen in such a quick or weird way that you still can't read it. But... Um, when we're talking about trying to get a reeve, for me, the big things are, first and foremost, someone that is going to uh, keep their head about them. You have to stay calm. Um, you, in many ways, set the tone for the ring that you are reaving. If you are yelling and screaming at people, 
even if you're doing it in a not uh, bad way. You're not, you know, saying, what the fuck are you doing? If I'm just going, arm, 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 over and over again, that is setting the tone for the ring that I'm in. I should be communicating calmly and clearly to the fighters that I am uh, looking over in my ring. Um, and to do that, I have to keep my head uh, about me. Second is that you should be able to clearly uh, uh, clearly describe what happened when requested and being able to say, I'm not sure or I didn't have a good line on that is an acceptable answer. It sucks. It sucks for the people that are fighting. It sucks for you because you as a Reeve feel like you have this obligation to be able to see everything in the ring. But you can't sometimes. Sometimes you miss stuff. And the fighters that are in the ring need to be able to step back and say, I know this person is trying their best and they just miss this. And you need to be able to say to yourself, you know, one, if this is something that you feel you should have been able to do, let's put in some more practice. But there's also the idea that sometimes, no matter how experienced you are, there's going to be something that happens that you just say, I don't know. Yep. So I want to point out one thing, too. This kind of came up in Xander's episode, and I don't think I was quite as alert as I could have been for his episode, so my bad, man. Um, <laughs> but Xander said to uh, let the fight happen and then go back out um, and, and make the calls, and that's really important because ideally as a Reeve, especially as an active one, that – you want to give the players the chance to make the calls first and then, you know, clear up the confusion. Um, and if you immediately start chanting arm or something like that, you could negatively affect that fight. And in a top eight situation, yes. that is a very problematic thing. Um, well, uh, in the Ironman, it's not as much, but you shouldn't be doing that there either. Um, I mean, you can, from the sidelines, throw off an Ironman if you just go, whoa, and you're not even in the tournament for a reason. <laughs> Sometimes, still yeah. Fuck yeah up, like. Pat, I really wish that uh, when you're... You would come back more? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we, <laughs> if I'm not fighting, me and you can hang out really yeah. close to the rings. It'll be <laughs> a problem for everybody else. Miss you, Stinkfoot. <laughs> um, but, never yeah, so uh, clear, calm communication. Second, you need to be able to actually call shots. I don't mean like, oh, I, you know, are you seeing this? Timing is really the big thing. I, I mean that if Zeb and Flo are in a ring and you see something, you need to be able to say something. Not, not say something because you're like, oh, that's Sir Gillen and Sir Flo. You need to be able to speak up. And this is where I draw a distinction that say just because you're a good fighter doesn't automatically mean you're a good Reeve. People yeah. have different temperaments mm -hmm. and personalities. Some people do not like that level of, it's not really confrontation, but directness. Accountability. Yes. Yeah. So let's start here and say, before you decide that you want to volunteer for something like this, do not volunteer just because no one else is volunteering. Be, ask yourself this. Be honest with yourself and say, am I comfortable making calls like this on the two, uh, the, the people that I have the most respect for in that ring, right? Whoever they are, pick out two of them. If those two had a confrontation and then something happened, 
would I be comfortable making a call on it? And if the answer to that question, when you're being honest with yourself, you don't have to ask it out loud. When you're being honest with yourself, if the answer to that question is no, you do not need to reeve in that particular thing. Yeah. I would say you don't need to do it at kingdom level. I think you should be actually doing that at local level uh, anyway, because you're going to have to bring confidence in your skill as a reeve yep. at some point. So again, this is where like, I'm a big preacher for local level tournaments because I feel like that's the best way to ladder up to those uh, prior to uh, kingdom level win and placement things. Uh, and that's why I think that kingdom level tournaments should only be uh, the open format and not like restricted by this is the, the three and under five and under whatever kind of tournaments. This is the right. showcase. This is the, we get the tournament done, get it out of the way and then get on with the rest of the, the amp guard stuff. Cause the tournament is not the only thing uh, of amp guard. Right. So mm -hmm. um, I'm not, unfortunately I'm not as familiar with the M hog uh, cup style. Like I have seen one done at an Olympiad uh, at an symposium um, but I haven't deep dived on that one. That's kind of why I'm not focused on it. Um, and I think that's kind of a disservice in some ways to this episode. But, um, again, dog, you wore garb. You're ahead of all of us. It's fine. <laughs> this is my garb. That's just because I was at park the, today. You have New Mexico track pants on. Yeah. I'm, I'm Did you run track for New Mexico? Can, yeah. Can everybody yeah. see my garb? The, pants? Those are garb pants, uh, circa 2004. <laughs> um, Albuquerque, baby. But, like, again, like, my, my point with this episode was that I want to explore the why we are doing different parts of a tournament mechanically. And if those don't line up with what you are trying to do, or there's a lot of complaints because of something happened, maybe you need to, to look at why those complaints were happening. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big things was that, you know, for that one Ironman, uh, the line was too long, which, okay what's what kind of problems are existing in this uh too long of line right what if we, the real iron man was the friends we made in line along the way yeah i mean we you did, did a whole wave, wave you did that the went wave like back and forth 40 like or 30 times. or 40 or 50 people down like it was pretty that cool that was the most organized amp guard had been in a long oh time. my god it was so good um and and like flow kind of makes it out to be a big thing that like it's a big thing to be a kingdom level reeve but being a reeve at a local tournament or something like that this is where you make your mistakes and things like that. Um, yeah, it's going to suck from time to time. Reeves make bot botch calls and everything like that. Oh, also, like again, if you make a call as a Reeve and both the players say, hey, man, that's not what happened, don't double down on your call. Yeah. Let them make that call. If the they, players agree, yeah, yeah let them. absolutely. Um, that's another real big thing that, that happens. Um, in the top eights, don't rush your fighters either. There's a lot of posturing and things that happen that are – minor movements that you don't may not realize because you're not physically way up on the upper echelon of the fighters. Yeah. That's happening. Um, don't just realize that's a thing. Like yeah. you don't have to, to understand like posturing for lane and things like that or whatever, but you, you need to realize that that is part of fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And that was actually a big thing from this past uh, event that we had. So hammering home Reeves are ridiculously important and should be your number one concern. We had during that Iron Man, they were the Reeves were instructed that there would be timed bouts and to keep it in a certain period of time generically, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, that if they were just standing there to move them along and hurry them up. And if they still didn't, they were dead. 
again, not to say that is right or wrong. We've run tournaments where we actively had you at the beginning, the first, uh, 15 oh, yeah, minutes of an Ironman was 30 seconds. The last 10 minutes was 10 seconds. And then the last like two minutes was five seconds and it just ended it's in, bad. Yeah. A lot of injury, but <laughs> in this, there were some bad calls from the Reeves because as Jeff said, the posturing, you were yeah. literally set up like, okay, I'm feeling you out. We're shifting. I don't like that. We'll reshift. We'll move. No shots were thrown, but we were positioning and the Reeves would the go. The fight is still happening. Correct. Yeah. But the Reeves who didn't quite get that or were specifically instructed, move them along. They're like, all right, go ahead and kiss. Get in there. Do the thing. Now kiss. Yeah. I was like, nope, <laughs> get them out of there. Yeah. Is not a good tournament. It doesn't showcase really what the fighters are trying to do. There right. is, uh, it's been a little while, but, uh, PTQ and is it Lanky? I think had uh, an awesome. That has been a little while. Yeah, it has yeah, been. But, holy shit. but they they've talked about it in the sense that like their finals lasted like thirty minutes and not a shot was thrown because it was just posturing, yeah, moving around. Be, yeah. But with something like that, working with some of those same Reeves at another Dutchy level tournament, they were fantastic because that was not a part of the rule set that they were given. So the Reeves were good, but if they're being told by the tournament organizer, this is how you run it, knowing essentially what you're having to face is better than just generically saying, move them right along. Yeah, and I, I, I want to double down that Reeves are allowed to, to make mistakes. They're not always going to be perfect. Yeah, if absolutely. you're good enough, you're still going to be able to overcome that. Like Reeves in the NFL... Reeves uh, referees <laughs> in the NFL are paid a lot more than our fucking Reeves and, yeah. and, and they make, make mistakes. A ton of mistakes well, dude. I mean on the paid aspect we need to be looking at service level awards and stuff like that to give to the Reeves and things like that too. Like that's another culturally <laughs> problem that I think is, is overlooked. Rose? Is it Rose? I guess I that we give. I think them, that would be the way to go. God, yeah. I was a monarch. I should really fucking know. Well, no, I that's the thing. That was, that was weeks ago. We was oh, partying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we was partying. I mean, I gave one of my Reeves a walker in the middle. That that's something. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a really good thing to do, too. Um, it, My opinion, is, he deserved it. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, big shout out to Aldrich there. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of the weird thing that we don't – I don't see Reeves being awarded much of anything. Um, yeah. And I'm Monarch now, so I'm going to probably do that. Uh, I just need well, to excellent. pay attention to who's Reeving and things like that. So maybe your kingdom doesn't have this problem, which would be great. I would love for that to be the case. Um, if I may interject with another yeah. uh, concern with this – that I've run across too is if you have poor Reeves for whatever reason, or they're reeving in such a way that the, I'm just going to say uneducated. That's fair. Whatever the reason. Yeah. Certain players have stressed their methodology because this is all in a perfect world. Now, yeah. all of a sudden I start cheating. I'm not taking your shots. Surprise. I just ruined it for a lot of people. How do you actively go against that? Well, if every the, Reeve gets to punch one guy, I love it. <laughs> but if the Reeves solution. aren't punching them, yeah. So players, certain players are looking at it in the sense of, well, if you're not taking my shot at this level, I'll dial it up a little bit. Did you take that one? Okay, no. And then I lay you out. Not that much, but in the sense that you just keep cranking up, hit a little bit harder. This is effectively the ditch field justice aspect. Yes, because I know it has different names across all the different things, but the justice system, the player justice system, yeah, or your judge, jury, and executioner. 
if they feel that the Reeves aren't calling shots appropriately, they'll have that Ditchfield Justice. Ditchfield Justice is my five-finger death punch cover band. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you, you can't do those things if no, you're going to make Flo. I can't. If you're going to make Flo, Flo shut up about it. he's taking too many. I get a turn at the now, wheel. Mm-mm. Thank you. If you're calling him off. You I'm just can't Jesus. do I'm Jesus. Let either. me take the wheel for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so that alone where I see why that is a thing, I do not agree with that methodology, but that falls solely on the reeves where if you're reaving you're not taking my shots me as a player if i'm getting upset and i have to take it into my own hands that does not mean i hit you harder that means i go to you my reeve say hey this is what i'm noticing which some players have and then those reeves did nothing and it continued and then that's where like well it's time to escalate still i disagree but that's where the Reeves are the most important yeah. aspect to the tournament to make sure it functions appropriately. Well, and as a Reeve, you don't have to go, hey, buddy, you're out. Somebody called you out. Like, you go, okay, cool, I'll watch him. Yeah, yeah. there's plenty of ways to constructively do that. And don't be afraid to throw a problem player out of the tournament. And don't oh, yeah. be afraid to throw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used, to, I used to give this speech when I was running tournaments a lot way back in the day where I would open up every single tournament and say, hey, my name is Flo. These are my uh, Reeves for today. We've got Cabbage. We've got Subway. We've got Teflon. All of us are going to be Reeving for you. Please say hi to your Reeves. Pause for everyone to say hi. Hi, Reeves. So a couple of ground rules that we're going to lay out for the tournament. This is the format that the tournament is going to be in. Here are the time limits if you have any. Blah, blah, blah. Explain all the rules. Mm -hmm. And I always ended it with this. The number one thing that I want to see in this tournament today is respect. Respect amongst each other as fighters and respect to the Reeves that are have taken time to volunteer and call your shots. There is a chance that one of the Reeves out here is either going to make a bad call or going to make a call that you disagree with. There is a chance that that's going to happen. None of us hate you. We're not personally trying to insult you or get you out of the tournament or anything like that. All of the Reeves here are going to be doing their best to call the fights as fairly as possible. If you have a problem with a call uh, while in the ring, your Reeves call stands, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the fighters can agree, and again, this is part of the rules that I would explain, but you covered it earlier. I always tell them that if two fighters agree that this is how it works out. Um, but uh, while it's going on, your your Reeves will be the ultimate source. You feel free to go up and talk to them later. Uh, about a call uh, that was made. And after the, our last episode, I actually wrote up five rules that I feel like really sums up what uh, Reeve should be focusing on. It is number in, in order. Number one, I will remain calm in action and tone. Number two, I will clearly and directly report what I saw and heard to the fighters and the other Reeves when needed. Three, I will let the fighters call their own fight. Four, if I know that a shot landed, I will give the fighters a few seconds to call it before I call it. Five, if I believe that a shot landed, but I do not know that a shot landed, I will seek confirmation from the other Reeves without stopping the fight. This is where you may see some Reeves, depending on how your your people have done it before, look over to the other Reeves and hold their finger up or hold their hand up or something like that. So this is a thing that is not necessarily culturally around everywhere. Like 
Jay developed a system of reaving um, that has been carried out in Winter's Edge that's kind of worked, and it's kind of like a razor. It, it's it's kind of like a soccer referee, uh, sideline referee thing where, like, they could call a penalty, but they don't get the final call. They shake their flag vertically. Um and so you basically you're raising your hand saying, I have seen a questionable thing. Did you also see a questionable thing? So you're using body language instead of vocalization to communicate between the Reeves um, so that you don't slow down or affect the fight negatively um, without like or with intervening with the fight in the middle of a grind. Because I could be wrong. Like this could be a situation where a board is blocking my vision and Jay is on the other side and I hear something. You know, you can hear sometimes when something slaps a glove and you can hear when it hits the glove and then hits a forearm or something Skin. like that. So yeah. I think I hear something. And instead of saying, you know, hold, 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 I point over or I do something to get Jay's attention and Jay shakes his head and says, no, he had a, the view. I did not. He's confirming with me. No, that that absolutely did not hit. That was a good block. I don't know what you heard and I don't care. The fighters never stop fighting. If I had stopped, it would it could have killed momentum for one side or the other. It could have killed a setup that was coming up. I mean, it can literally change the face of the tournament. Oh, and I mean, let's talk about psychology, right? You talk about losing that first fight and what happens to the fight after it. Like again, yeah, absolutely. Getting yep. called out for shrugging a shot on my first fight of the mat, like, and then fuck. maybe taking a shot that's technically not a legal shot. Right, too. exactly. Right. Like that'll throw everybody off their game if it happens at the wrong time. So to make sure to interject, one, I. When I created, uh, it was out of in a vacuum that turns out a lot of other kingdoms have used and other games have used. I just accidentally found what other people sure. had Algebra found. was discovered twice. Yeah, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. So, um, Both of those bastards. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and the idea of being able to non-verbally communicate to not interrupt the fight, but also very, very poignant points. Just because I say that hit you and you didn't know it doesn't mean you shrugged the shot. Yeah, Xander pointed out that, hey, adrenaline's high sometimes. Yes. Adrenaline is a pain suppressant, which is also effectively a feeling uh, suppressant. Correct. So, so it's, again, it's Xander pointed it out completely. He's like, hey, man, you're out. Again, we're not booing you off the stage. It's like... Yeah, it's not fuck you, shrugger. It's, hey, man, you just missed a shot. No big deal. Get out of here. Yeah. Yes. Let them make the case for themselves. If it's like every time you step in the ring and we're having to usher you out from that, that's a problem. You're shrugging shots, but we're fast. It's not always easy to catch what's going on. Yeah. And honestly, if you've got a player who's doing that, you know, take talk a, to them. Yeah, talk to them and take them aside and be like, hey, man, you're done for this tournament. Mm -hmm. Like, straight yeah. up. This I've, is kind of a spicy take in a while, in a way, because I've never seen this happen, though I'm prepared to do it. I've not seen it so bad that I need to go in and actually intervene yet, but there has been some edge cases where I probably should have. Really? I, I've yep. seen some Shit. people lose their temper in tournaments to the point that they should have been taken out, especially back <laughs> I, in the day. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually not even one. talking about that one. Um, but especially back in the day down in Florida, when we were younger and our tempers were not good, they they ran hotter than they do now, right? It's because our joints still work. <laughs> it's hard to be really angry when I can't lift my arm above yeah. my shoulder. Yeah, you. Um, yep. it, also, when I've been traveling, when I've done some of the Olympiads out of Kingdom, some of the some of the other tournaments, uh, you know, out in Texas uh, and other places, I've seen people just straight lose their fucking temper and they absolutely they either were removed from the field mm -hmm. i remember arrakis where they just 
they took somebody off. They're like, no, man, you're them. done. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you're not going to, uh, to do any of that. But I have seen like what you said, the, the idea of self-defeating in that sense that there yeah. was a match that I've reaved where player one is better than player two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Player one throws patented shot that always kills and it didn't. Huh? That's weird. Throw it again. And it didn't gets angry, throws again and again, harder and harder and harder. At which point, player two kind of says, whoa, what's going on? I must, I must be doing something wrong. Yep. Player one says, Reeves, are you not going to call this clear shrugger? Yeah. And we just, no, it didn't land. But being called out directly like that for shrugging shots, embarrassed in front of everybody else. Match number two happened. Hey, player one is a fucking shitbag, by the way. I've said as much. Player one, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ready player two. Yeah. And then player two for the second round. Well, he's very timid. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm. He, yeah, he I lost. really don't want to fight you again because yeah, you're a dick lost. Bag. And every time after that, any engagement they had didn't even throw a shot. Yeah. Was already done for. That was the closest point I'd ever got to throwing somebody out of a tournament. Fair. For that reason. Yeah, I, I couldn't see a case for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I know that's you got also dangerous notes that we had taken because we had our earlier conversations. Holy but fuck, we're an hour in and you guys are just now getting the notes? No, we, we covered a bunch of it. I just want to okay. make sure we didn't miss any because th- this is an episode that I feel like it can be super dense and I think there's a lot to unpack in different yeah, aspects. This is one of our more pedagogical episodes. Yeah, sure. yeah. Like, there's a lot of that's a to, good be, word. to be learned content. Hey, we- thanks. That's actually from work. Our, our <laughs> boss says pedagogy. God, we work in the, the, the .edu sphere, so we get it a lot. <laughs> Thank you, word of the day calendar. Yep. Yeah. If you had that on yours, you can uh, eat a piece of candy from the candy jar? I don't know how this works. Oh, is it like an advent calendar for words? I, did I mention advent ca- at calendar for Amphgard, or was that a fugue state that I had? I think you did fugue. mention it, but okay. it was like at, at Park last week or something. Ah, shit, okay. Advent calendar for Amphgard. Somebody make that a thing. I don't have anything other than that, so just do it. <laughs> you just get like a, a fucking stocking cover for the first day, and then fucking like the man, last like... one's like a fucking wax caliber that you somehow yeah. pull out of the damn thing. Like, I swear to God, I wake up and just write this shit in my notebook, and then I'm like, advent calendar for Amphgard, and then I go back to sleep, and I look at it the next day, <laughs> And I'm like, what did that mean? So somebody make something of that. All right. So generically, some of the notes, we've covered most of them. Um, escalating bad, better reaving. Yes. Okay. Um, we didn't really cover like just attitude, the culture of what we're doing, why we're doing tournaments. Really like what's the purpose of having better sportsmanship. Things I feel like we got up. into that a fair amount. Yeah. Like, what's the purpose of your tournament? Um, like we said, like four pits. I juggled around with the idea of eight pits. So if we're going I big. Like to, by the way, we didn't get Volunteers becomes the issue. Correct. Right? Like so, like I said, I want two Reeves per pit, and then I want one person. At a minimum. Yeah, at a minimum. And I want one person to be a line thing. And if, if we're not doing cascading, uh, I think cascading is actually a really good idea. I just don't know how many volunteers we'll need. I don't know if you'll need four line people. Hey, get onto this one. Hey, get onto this one. Because um, there's a lot to keep up with as yeah. a, a fighter. I mean, generically, again, bad guy. I'm cheating. So I make it to four, and then I just kind of loop back to four. Yeah. And then loop back to four. and I Because it's a better follow. line for you. Because who's actually checking that? Right, That's right. That's the unfortunate aspect. Of yeah. Um, one reeve per player. This is your battle buddy. <laughs> I mean, Xander said that's basically what they did uh, no, for their. I, I their mean, if we actually had or whatever the it was. volunteers, I don't want to do it if Xander did it. <laughs> um, Xander I, did it. Xander did it. It's like South Park, right? Yeah, or uh, Simpsons, rather. No, no, it's South Park. It's well, Sa- Simpson did it. Was from 
South yeah. Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do it if Diddy did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two points I don't think we covered. Uh, one, because again, Magic is the end-all, be-all. So for third and fourth place in a seated bracket, to save time, it's already decided. So yeah. if your eventual first place, so say we are in the semifinals, it's Jeff and myself and then you two. Mm-hmm. So I win, you win. And then in our match, I win. Yeah. They don't need to fight it out. Because essentially because I'm the winner, yeah. that means he lost to the winner. He gets third place. You play second because he you beat that one. This is basically won. strength of schedule, yes. right? So this okay. is fourth place. So this saves on time. It cuts down. And again, hopefully it's not like, well, I was really third versus fourth. It's no one cares about those anyway. I mean, but, if it I was mean, an NCAA-style bracket... It would be that I am second place. Like, that's how that would work. Correct. I'm, I'm, but I'm saying for these two, for the third yeah, and fourth okay. place, they don't have to fight it out. We don't have to bring people back I think back NCAA in. works that way, too, yeah. I thought that it did, but I don't yeah, a lot remember. Of yeah. I don't remember, but uh, I will tell you that because, because of the way that the point structure is... I hockey. At, at least... <laughs> I sling cardboard, not sports, sir. Yeah. The, the way that the point structure is done, at least in our, our kingdom, we have a gap between first and second place. Um, so I'm I'm probably going to get these incorrect, but I think that it's five. First place is five. And then three yes. for second. Mm-hmm. Two, two one. for third. One for uh, fourth. For, or for fourth. Uh, I actually don't think fighting third and fourth takes that long. Um, if you have, uh, if you've been, especially in this situation where you've been running two pits anyways, you should have enough reeves that you could run third and fourth at the exact same time that you're fighting first and second. You I don't can. like doing that because I want the bracket, the top bracket, to have the most attention to it. Yeah, it's from a, it's a, a viewership issue. So yeah, all four yeah. reeves, like a reeve on. Not necessarily all four reeves, although that could be good. Um, I still think that two reeves is just better. Well, because if you're moving around, you're never running into anything yeah, or anything the other like two that. Could be well, up let me for make the, the point that yeah. your fighters do need a break. So if you just had, if him and I, yes, fuck you, if if him and I, I just think. fought. Right, and he took he took first. I took second. Great, you guys can fight it out for third and fourth while him and I fucking take a minute off. Right? Sure, like th- that doesn't. No, we just got work. first and second. It's time for a new bracket. But yeah, so we got our break there. Yeah, I agree that technical. Okay, this actually goes back to this was uh. There's time for potatoes that, post. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can't forget about that. Conveniently, that like I think happened today. Yeah, as of like the recording. That. I agree with you that it saves time not to fight third and fourth, but in a situation where it came down to the very, I, I am going to tell you for me. If it came down to a situation where at the very end, um, I lo- I lose ultimately by one or two points, and I was a third or fourth in a couple of the brackets, and was facing someone that I absolutely believe that I w- could have beaten, that I am going to be frustrated uh, mm-hmm. with that. I won't. You guys will have posted up the rules for the tournament ahead of time, so. I mean, I'm not going to direct my frustration at you who organized the tournament necessarily, but I will be vocal about my frustration of, you know, to my friends at least. Absolutely. This is also part of the reason why you should be posting all of the rules that you are following for your tournament ahead of time. Like there is no, this is the correct way to do it. Right. These are things you can run. And my reason for that, by saving time and just moving on, but you're correct. You could be missing points because you're fighting tooth and nail to get as many as you can. And if you can beat to get third to get those extra points, absolutely. But if this is how it's run. <laughs> I'm edit that out. 
it's <laughs> it's going to be one of those where if this these are the rules, that's how it'll run. If not, then you are correct. Then we would fight third and fourth. There's no right or wrong. Yeah, the worst thing that's ever happened for in a tournament for me. We we keep talking about bad things that could happen, you know, it could be that a calls missed, it could be that the third and fourth thing comes up. The absolute worst thing that has ever 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 happened to me in any of the tournaments that I've fought, and I have fought tournaments in what was the majority of the kingdoms in the game at one point is having the not having the rules clearly explained and then the Reeves presenting something as if, oh, well, of course this is what we're going to do. And all of the fighters in the tournament going, what the absolute fuck are you talking about? Everyone mm-hmm. knows it's pistols at dawn. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> Ten paces. Get out there, bud. So Tournament on Thursday. And, and here's the thing is if, if you post up and you post that you are not fighting third and fourth and like the majority of your kingdom is like, hey, man, we actually like doing that then you should cave on that kind of point, but don't cave necessarily on a full format. Can this also kind of hinge around your event schedule? Because if you don't have anything planned after the tournament... Yeah, I mean, it could, but I don't like changing anything day of um, because I don't want to create an argument based on, like, accidentally trying... I had no service on my drive-in. I would have been so much better if I knew this one thing. Well, even if you go to even a further malicious aspect of, hey, my bro uh, can beat that guy, so I'm going to change it right here. I've seen that before too with some point systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is everything with the tournament though. You announce it. You, I think, per our Kapoor, at least, you're required to announce it for a major kingdom level tournament. For our kingdom, um, it has to be announced three months. No, two months. I thought six weeks. Six weeks. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. Sometime. It's a. It's a. It's more than a month, if I remember correctly. God, I can't believe yeah, I can't remember weeks. it off the top of my head. I think yeah, it's King. six weeks. Yeah. Right. Good job on that Kapora test I did. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, make sure your Kapora, you're you're you know announcing things in time frame for your Kapora if it's in there. Well, Um, I'm just saying, per per a major kingdom level tournament, you actually wouldn't be able to change that stuff day of. Like per Kapora, you should not be. Yeah, Um, and for any tournament, I think it should fall. Like even if it's not major kingdom level, you still stick to the rules that you put up ahead of time. Unless you have something where, like you know, you plan a tournament for 20 people and only eight people showed up. Okay, we're going to change the styles. Yeah, so I think that knowing that when to bail for contingency styles is something a good idea to have, right? Yeah. Um, Because like uh, we had the idea of running. Um, I think it was a World War Sports style um, tournament for a women's fighter thing, but then only 10 people showed up. Correct. And boy, that doesn't feel great because uh, yeah. that's 20 minutes of fighting that's not really super useful to cut two people out of it. Yeah. Um, so learning how to have buy-ins into a bracketed system and learning how to do double <laughs> elimination because at that low of fights, you still want to have a good um, spread. So right. you probably want to do a double elimination. You yeah. will have time if flexible something like backup that. Plans. Yeah, flexible backup yeah. plans. Yeah. And and also you don't have to have those as fleshed out as your you know normal run thing, but do note like hey, if not enough people show up, I'm going to do a single elimination bracket. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. And I also one more one more thing and then I I also have seen this too. I have seen a situation where a major part a major rule got overlooked. A major part of the tournament like let's say the third and fourth stuff or something like that was overlooked. The way that the Reeve handled it, this was at an Olympiad and the way that the Reeve handled it was so cool. They actually said all fighters step forward. You will vote by either staying where you are. That's a yes or stepping backwards. 
That's a no. Super fucking cool. I like that. And and the fighters, we said this was an overlook on our you're part. You're the people this would affect. Yeah, you you're tell the, us if you care. Yep, you're the people this would affect. We, you're going to vote. Everybody gets a single vote. Winner will be whichever one gets the most. We apologize that this was overlooked. It won't happen again. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I mean, I fucked up something one of the times too because I fucked up um, uh, seating the top eight. I had a uh, 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 so one and eight. Uh, two and seven and I flipped something in in the middle somewhere I don't remember exactly what it was but I flipped one of the things in the middle um by accident and Dude, then I went a back lot like sevens when you've been drinking yeah right <laughs> definitely drunk or no I'm kidding <laughs> um but I went back and I was like hey guys I fucked this up yeah. I need these two people to fight because this legitimately mm-hmm. is not what is the you guys fought the thing and I feel like it's unfair but I feel like it's unfair the rest of everybody too that if yeah. I don't fix the the thing uh, so I went back and had them fight the correct fight. Um, and, I mean, hey, I should have caught flack for that potentially. But, you know, I came forward and said, hey, I fucked up. We're going to fix it this way. Be yeah. accountable. Yep. Yep. So what was your... Um, so two things. Apologies. Circling back to uh, where your cardio is terrible. That, uh, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I just found about it. I don't know too much. But Tato posted something where he did a, a sport or Warlord Sports style, I believe, where it was the Iron Man portion, all of them, and then the brackets after. That's yeah. how I like to run them for times. That's how we so have run he, them for quite some time. Correct, but he was not a big fan, or in theory from the very little of the post I read, it was forwarded to me, that it's just back to back to back. It runs you ragged. You don't have times to... He was talking about getting some more uh, food, protein bars, stretching health-wise, things like that where those are two different ways to run it. Oh, yeah. That I'm a fan of, like what we said, it's all of the Iron Man portion and then the top eight brackets. Yeah. So, yes, it's more of a cardio run, but it also doesn't waste as many people's time because if... You can run a ding the bell on another field area or something like that for those who don't want to uh, participate in the tournament but still want to play amp guard or something like that. Well, also the fact that like once we get through all the Iron Men... And we have roughly eight, we'll say 12 people, contestants total, are the only ones in those top eight. Everyone else can go do whatever they want. They can go play Amp Guard. Yeah. Yeah, they can get ready Where, for the class game. They can go if eat. I, they can get we do whatever. our bracket first, and then we do the top eight. I'm like, well, I didn't make the top eight, so I'm just standing there watching them. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so cool. I've now seen... I'm muscle seized up. Time for the next bracket. This is great. Fair. I've also seen, like, you lose participants potentially from not doing the top eights or uh, the Iron Man's all in a row. I've seen where uh, you do a bracket or uh, an Iron Man, get your bracket, do the bracket. And the next one people fucking left because they didn't make the bracket on the other one. Yeah. 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 It's a situation where, uh, bro, I did that at symposium because it was so fucking cold. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I walked up and I was like, did I bracket? No deuces gone. I went to the feast hall. I was like, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. It's not a right or wrong thing. No, be have, aware of these yeah, things. Be yeah. on the understanding of this is why we run it a certain way. Here are some of the pitfalls. Here are some of the pros. And you can run it any way you want. There's right. no right or wrong. Yeah, that right. was kind of my idea with this episode was that there's no right or wrong here necessarily. But these are things that I've examined problems with for potential fixes. Like I'm not looking to be, hey, I got the fucking standard. Let's fucking yeah. put this gold standard here. And all be all. Yeah. All right. So one last note that we've got here. Um, wounds regen. Verse not. So this is more specifically right, like so Winter's Edge and a Neverwinter thing. Uh, it yeah, may I mean, get sh- 
come around on a couple other places, but this is realistically targeted at, at us. Um, wounds regen. Yeah, no, I feel like 100% wounds regen. Now, you can make the argument that if you streak in a wounds retain area, that uh, it is a stronger streak, but at the same time, you can come into a armed flow as your first fight. Yep. And that really wasn't a great fight uh, for flow or for you, realistically. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I still killed him. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I much prefer the wounds regen. So what I'm meaning is that we're in an Iron Man line. Me and Jay are the first two. Uh, we fight. Jay legs me, but I kill him. I maintain being legged the entirety of the all of the fights that come through um, after that. And then a regen would be we fight. He legs me. I kill him. I stand back up and fight the next person full up. Um, and I much have, prefer that. Yeah, it, it's... Um, There's two things, actually, for this. Um, if you run a a wounds retain you are going to get more boardmen flat out yeah. because it is statistically better that you run board i feel like than pole or two stick or something like that because you have a higher chance of catching a lucky block than you did with the yeah. other you format. effectively have armor that doesn't break down as a right. long-time florentiner uh in tournaments jay and i at one point in our younger career just said we are not going to be able to 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 fight Florentine into this. Now, maybe that's because we weren't the best Florentiners in the world, but what would end up happening is the errant newbie shot where they just unicorn charge forward, and then you've killed them, but the Reeve doesn't call it that way, right? The Reeve wasn't experienced enough, didn't see it, whatever, and... uh, You're stuck with an arm. And and now I'm stuck armed when I should not be. Yeah. Whereas the board person just watched them unicorn charge in and went, you know, hit, 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 hey, man. Good fight, and patted them on the butt as they were on their way out. Fair. Um, that was it, it. Happened enough that we said we're just not going to risk it, and went and picked up board for that part of the tournament. I mean, I would also make the argument that it's a public safety issue when you have like pole arm brackets and wounds retained because you give me one arm to swing a pole. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I, one move I now. I, I will say there's maybe. a lot of times that whenever we went to the great weapon um, thing during the. Because we were on, we run our weapon master typically as a warlord sports style, so we do each bracket, and great is typically one of those brackets. Yeah. We because the participation rate is much lower typically with great, we have moved that to a bracket style um, ahead also of time reasons. for safety reason. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to DH though when we went up for that one, uh, they did not. Yeah, they I'm kept surprised. it a, um, a Iron Man portion to cut the top eight on that as well. Good on and you guys honestly, on more than eight pole arms. Uh, you, for one, that was a thing. Yeah. A lot of great weapons out there, which was cool. And everyone took their time to safely step in the ring, allow for a safe start on the fight, and go. And big shout out to yeah, that. That's like, just that's respect for the people that you are fighting uh, with. You got to remember that these people, even if you're in another kingdom, in another time zone, and whatever, these are your brothers. These are your sisters. You know, these are there. There has to be a base level of respect. Um, amongst everybody that's fighting there because I've seen so many people get hurt because in in that specifically, in an Iron Man pole, because they would charge in like Don Quixote, you know, and then... Skewer a poor kid. Yeah. Um, but it has given me um, some some thought to maybe we should still hold it that way, but we have to make sure that 
the line and all the players realize, hey, man, you're stepping in, basically tapping, and then going. Well, as the Reeves for that, we had that discussion ahead of time. Let's watch for safety. Like, sure. We yeah. talked to all players, which was different than the other brackets. I'm like, this is what you want. This is what you could get. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. another thing that... Uh, Welcome when, to the shit show. Let's get yeah, right. That's another thing when I used to read very often that I would do is, because we would have people that tried to jump, like tap and immediately go for an arm. I have people tap and then take a, one step back. You have to take the step back before you can actually engage. This is after you've cut to uh, to top eight. Not during the Iron Man, but I could see where in a pole portion that tapping and then taking a step yeah. back would also be. And we didn't have that rule, but that's what people did. That's awesome. Like that was just them that's with awesome. a good sense of camaraderie for their players. Yeah, it was excellent. But yeah, so knowing, again, there's no right or wrong to the regen versus retain, but you get two different kinds of tournament by doing so. Uh, Same with the point value, where for the longest time we did your kill count. So even in a bracket of two out of three, if I kill you two times, I get two points to carry, and then I kill Lucas two times, that's four for me. Mm -hmm. Where other kingdoms will do, I win, I lose, I win, I carry one point. And then... This is in reference to streaks. Streaks, yes. You never get in that 21, friend. Unfortunately... It's how you define a match. Is a match the culmination of your best two out of three fights or is a match each individual fight that you have uh, in there. So if I win three, is that three? Or if I win three, is that one? Yeah, because we used to ask, like, do you want, like, I win, I win. Do you want your third fight? No, fuck no. I need to carry this too. And the idea was... No, it's asking the losing player. Yeah, they get to... So Oh, then absolutely. I want to fuck up your two. Right, and then if I win, I have my three, or you could absolutely break my streak right there, and I would carry zero. Or say, I don't think I'm going to win, but I don't want this motherfucker to get another uh, kill, so uh, nah, I'm going to sit down and take your two. Yeah, so then I don't get that extra point. It's fair. But again, no right or wrong. These are different ways to do it. But Things to es- consider. Yeah, establish now, the rules ahead of time. We, we in Winner's Edge a few years back did discuss this because the standard, well, I don't want to say standard, the... The tradition of many, many other kingdoms was to do it as the uh, win your best of three. That is one for your streak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have adopted that overall, but we kind of don't care as much anymore yeah, because we've been doing so the Warlord long, Sports man. thing. Uh, so we've been using the streaks inside the Iron Man so portions. Part of the problem, you're correct, but they did full brackets with losers. So when you have yeah, in that in that time frame, players, yeah. You had a lot of brackets, so your one that you would carry, you could get to twenty-one. How long did that tournament take? A so long ass time. This is the thing. Days did it? Yeah, like... no joke. This is one of the things that I really liked about the World of Sports uh, style tournaments is that it cut the time, and eh, not quite in half, but probably close. Yeah. Um, because we would do tournaments in Neverwinter where we did the brackets, like Jay's talking about, and we started at eight a.m. and we ended at like three. Yeah. 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 Three p.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you were saying 3 a.m., yeah. I was kind of surprised. No, it, it's like it. they were six six hours or so sometimes, uh, probably about six hours, and you it would be a walking lunch. You know, you're you're going and grabbing uh, lunch while the tournament's going on. Yeah, you're sending something. your bros because you bracketed it to go pick Someone's you up something. Someone's getting a Fritos bag thrown at their head. Yeah. Yep, much. I, I, remember, I remember a tournament that we had down in Everwinter where you and you and I had bracketed it multiple, t- bracketed it multiple times, and... 
Um, you were in the Baganagas at the time and sent and sent them to get food. And the triads went and got me food because I was I was on the hot streak that day, right? Yeah, you and I were dying and like, help, we need food. Yeah. <laughs> we braided three Slim Jims together. This is your protein snack for the yeah, time. No joke. Good luck. <laughs> Pretty much. But like with that kind of thing too, now with Warlord, or generically with that, cutting to a top eight, you can't get 21. So if the yeah, match never. is one, there's not enough to get you there, even if you win all of them. Well, this is kind of the weird thing well, too. Prior to like some of this talk of standardization of, of, of that idea, right? Um, there have been sword knights who said, cool, I'm going to compete in the open bracket and yeah. carry my streaks from my open bracket from one tournament to another tournament because I never lost mm-hmm. in between these tournaments. Huh. So my streak carried through that way. That was a thing for a little bit yep. um, for some kingdoms. Well, even in, a, even in a top eight scenario, if you assume that like it's, it's individual wins and not our best of three, even in a top eight, you're still that's you're, you're twenty four. That's tw- no, that's twenty four chances. Oh no, you're you right. Yeah. So you have to pretty much bowl a perfect game to ever get it there. And that's twenty four if they allow you the third on everyone. If they allow, yes, if they allow you the third on everyone. So if people don't like you and don't want you to be a warlord, then like, nah, you just go go do yep. the next one. Mm-hmm. And you're sixteen maximum. Yep. So that's rough. Pretty much. It it's kind of the the interesting thing that. But remember with the carry. So if I don't do well but my semifinal and final i get three and three and win the single sword bracket i'm carrying six for the next to now start the florentine bracket <sighs> so then I that is a possibility six yeah to then move up okay fair i didn't know that they carried over well that's a that's a you know kind of pedantic not pedantic kind of thing that maybe kingdom to kingdom no, it's is different I, I yeah i guess so but again, that open level of communication. There's been plenty of crazy stories we've heard of how tournaments are run, the point system, the rule set. Right or wrong, there isn't an answer. But if you step in, you should know how it plays See, out. See, this is why I think that tournament structure should actually be pulled from Arkhampora. And then we have a voted on like tournament book that these are acceptable formats. Agreed. And yank that out. And then we can change the formats much easier in a in a tournament book because it would only need 51% yeah. um, for us, uh, Winner's Edge, uh, to move that along. So and it would take. They must be announced in at the moment six weeks, if not longer. And follow the format in this, this appendix. This tournament organized. Forever, the yeah. Kapora should be about a third as long as it is, and it should just reference out to separate appendixes for almost everything. Hey, we're working on it. Yeah, no, well, the only have, issue is I, I don't know so if an appendix faith. would technically count as part of it. That would be the only thing. So I would put it as a... Uh, it referenced the you know tournament booklet or something like that. Sure, you know, reference the the booklet kept by the, the the champion booklet or whatever. Or whatever, yeah, something something that pulls it completely out of it as only a reference piece and not tied into it in yeah, any way. So you can change yeah. that without having to change your whole thing, Kapora, which right? Because <laughs> we talked about that earlier today. With um, we found one kingdom has pulled the open bracket, so they Fuck no longer that. do open. The to my understanding. It's because the open bracket was just bored again. Yeah. So Fuck that. You happen? can't fight fucking Florentine versus bored. You can't fight Madu. You can't fight Flail. Like, there's so much shit that you can't do. What kingdom do. is this that I'm going to get my warlord in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also past that, when you look at it in the sense of... <laughs> I heard it secondhand, so I don't want to state... Any this is it. the thing, yeah. But... And I could be very wrong, but then you also have with the Kapora set with that, we talked about the archery. 
where how do you run the archery bracket? There's Dude, I can like, think about six ways oh, that yeah. are legit okay, but like choosing yeah. one is a thing. Now I'll use a thing in in Winner's Edge Quora for for um, the Weapon Master. So we have to have five categories. Mm-hmm. Of those categories, there are seven things that you can do. You can do single, Florentine, sword and board, open, great, great. weapon. Now this is where it gets kind of interesting uh, because it's a dated aspect of it archery which is not the dated part but iron man is the other part so welcome guys because i have been planning to do this at some point and maybe i just go ahead and make this into fruition sometime but we will do a uh, iron man warlord sports thing to cut the top eight to do a top eight iron man good luck guys fuck you god a top eight iron man sounds like just a blender (laughs) no it's perfect because are you going to follow the same so it'll be like 20 to 30 minutes of iron man to cut to the top eight of 20 to 30 minutes (laughs) i didn't even think about stacking it all the way down yeah jesus Let's do it, cardio. <laughs> if you're trying to demonstrate why that needs to be taken out, then I think it's a great idea. I would, I would fold that. <laughs> I would fold that and just let those people wear themselves out and win the other brackets. Yeah, and they'll just come in on the line again and be like, "Oh, cool. Um, you guys can start this thing. I'm going to wait for about 10, 20 minutes while you're tired and come back in, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so I think. I think though, because we've we've talked a lot about like different topics here, but I think the biggest thing, if you're if you're an hour and forty minutes into this thing and you're you're trying to figure out what the main takeaway is, it's that first off, you need to communicate very clearly what the rules of your tournament are going to be as early as you possibly can and stick to that absolutely as and, much and, as it's possible to do so. And talk to other, do research and talk to other people as you're coming up with this before you make your posts, before anything else. Mm-hmm. Talk uh, to your top fighters, like legitimately. Yes, no, I mean, this is the thing, right? This is this is the second takeaway is that like there's no right or wrong way to run a tournament. There are certainly best practices i mean it depends largely on from what i've understood here the amount of time you have and how many fighters you have yep the goal should always be the same be the best showcase of talent give people the most opportunities to showcase that talent and then with that goal in mind figure out what tournament structure works best for your number of players in your particular time frame also the number of volunteers you have in some ways yes absolutely and i'm the villain and and jay is the villain bad guy jay he has a goatee yeah I also have a goatee. No. No. Yeah, there's just more beard have, attached to it's it. It's not even a bird's nest. It's like a flamingo's nest. It's so <laughs> flamingo's nest above sulfurous water. This is nerd. Not I also have a goatee. There's just more beard attached to it. Like, I got a haircut. Dude, you got chemotherapy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, that, went, that got dark. <laughs> Blame Robin right. Williams. Who I stole that joke from. Speaking, uh, speaking of, uh, if you have not already done so, our... Uh, fundraiser for yeah. St. Jude Children's Hospital is still running. Well, that almost great, feels bad to jump into that in. one. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that was wonderful. And after that, smash the like button. <laughs> See, That's sometimes. That's the worst segue on our entire show. Sometimes Jay does my <laughs> is it job. the worst? Oh, year of I took your title from you. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so uh, joking aside, if you have not. Uh, already done so and have the ability to do so we would really appreciate it if you would donate to st jude's children's hospital it's a good cause money goes directly to the families so that they do not have to pay for treatment food sheltering while their uh while their children are having stuff you can donate through the link that will be at the bottom of this page we will have it open through the end of november Uh, once again if you haven't seen the earlier episodes we have actually already met our goal we set our goal at 500 uh, and we were able to meet that thank you so much to everyone that has donated but we would love to see if we could double it if we could get up to a a, a thousand was way beyond our wildest dreams yep Um, so if we could get reach a point where we we doubled our original goal that would be amazing 
Uh, again, I know that this is getting close to the holiday seasons for a lot of people. Give what you can when you can. Um, you Jay, you got anything, anything to plug? Yeah. You doing uh, anything? Yes, actually. So completely unconfirmed because the data, data, data got lost. But to my best understanding for that uh, Friday Night Iron Man, the winner of said Iron Man, Kazan. Congratulations, Kazan. Hey, congrats. Congrats, man. Can't confirm because they lost the data, but hey. We are pretty sure it's you. Yep. So Um, congratulations. One other thing, actually, since we're talking about tournaments. um, A recent guest on the show, Fikes. Is it Lady Fikes or just Fikes? I don't don't, know if she has her belt or not. um, Fikes uh, was, uh, or I guess is, was found. Sounds very posthumous. Right. Mm -hmm. Fikes is a, uh, 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 God, what's the, uh, uh, Darkon player. Yes. uh, From the Washington, D.C. area. Um, They were on our show a couple episodes ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, They also cross-game to Amthgard, and they won their eighth Order of the Warrior. They did. Yep. Huge congrats to that. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? Hit the subscribe. I'm good here. I'm going to (laughs) find an implement to push nope, the button just with. push the button what do i oh, got with your finger feels like a broom nope oh, oh yeah definitely use the brushes throw. i don't I'm not use keep, the brushes. come on you can hit it with the brushes oh dear lord the distance right. on not this everyone is really awkward night guys